I hope you've had a chance to listen to part one of this interview on BizBytes. Stay tuned now for part two. Welcome to BizBytes, brought to you by Com Together, helping businesses like yours build their brand through telling amazing stories to engage and grow audiences on multiple platforms. But uh, you know what I find fascinating, and if you've just got a moment, is is the AI area. Um, Because we've got chat GPTs and the like that are out there that have been offered for free. But it's amazing how quickly it's moved into a you must pay or here are products that you must pay from. And and that was it. Took a long time before iTunes went. Well, iTunes was went from free to the paid Apple Music Store. Oh. Like it's taken decades. Yeah. And and I think that's getting lost as well. That 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 um, idea of that jump for cash is oh. probably sacrificing the potential of a lot of companies. You know, if you're using that same analogy. Yeah. Well, it 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 means that you can have the market cut out from underneath you. Uh, just as fast as you built it, right? So I mm. can't. I don't. I'm not really clear about the stats, but I heard somewhere I think 1,100 new AI apps coming onto the market daily now worldwide. But the but the failure rate of that, meaning the number of apps that just don't survive, is well over 75. percent I think I, I'm not totally, but it's a it's a disproportionately high number, and AI. It may well be one of the greatest inventions in the world. It certainly may be the next step like the internet was. But it's also one of our greatest risks. But here's the issue with AI. Um, you know, so many people are seeing it as a panacea. Uh, you know, is it the greatest threat to human existence? Honestly, the greater threat to human existence is humans. You know, mm-hmm. um, military weaponization. Uh, irresponsible globalization of commerce. I'm not saying globalization is bad. I'm saying the irresponsible nature of it might be um, the, the spread of pandemics. We've just seen that play out. If we're not good at managing things like that, uh, potentially what we're doing to the planet health-wise, um, you know, I think a lot of those things might catch up with us faster than AI having bots that have answered the question: How can we save the environment? Oh, well, let's kill off the humans. And AI has access to the nuclear silos and it just decides to blast the humans, right? I think we're a way away from that. But what AI has the risk of doing is stifling the creative genius that drives most value, right? And because if yes. you go to chat GPT and ask a question, it, its whole agenda is to give you an answer. And sometimes mm-hmm. the answer is not right. But when you ask chat, it wants to answer you, right? That's what it wants to do. So what's the difference between chat and human, right? Chat can do concept. Chat, chat can do content. Chat can do, um, uh, you know, assembly. Chat can do, uh, you know, constructs and all of that sort of thing. But chat doesn't do context. And it doesn't do consequence. Chat's not going to get sued. Humans who use chat and did something are going to get sued. So chat isn't attached to the consequences of the answers it gives you. It's just going to give you an answer. And so you imagine someone going to chat saying, hey, chat, um, I've got a question for you. Can you help me with this problem? Chat will give it an answer because chat doesn't have context. It's just going to answer what was written in front of it. And if the person putting the prompt in isn't skilled enough to put the context in, 
they could get the wrong answer. And most people are not skilled at context. A human, if that person went to a human and said, hey, I've got this problem, can you help me with this problem? A skilled human might say, that's not the right question. Now, chat is never going to say to somebody, that's not the right question. Not, not, not in the, you know, in the short term, at least. Who knows what it might be able to do? Because it doesn't have context like a, like a human does, who has intuitive genius, right, that we get into a framework. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a big believer in, in authentic content. It's what I've built my business around uh, is that, you know, the, nothing replaces the ability to uh, draw on your own personal experiences and share them and respond accordingly. And, and you know, using your analogy, you know, if you ask, if you ask chat, um, what's, um, can you suggest some drinks for me? Now, if the, the chat doesn't know my age, yeah. unless you tell it to ask its age yeah. in, in advance. So it can go and suggest, you know, orange juice milk when I might be looking for a beer, you know, or a whiskey or something. And, and you don't, and vice versa, you don't want it to happen. You don't want to, you know, don't want it turning around and suggesting to a 12 year old that, you know, go and have a whiskey. Um, so, and I think that there is so much there in that genius space yeah. and in that authentic space that is never going to disappear. It's a question of how well you use it. And, and that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's taking the models that you create, taking the, you know, authentic content that goes alongside of all of those things that explains it and being able to utilize that, which is separates the, the great companies from the average ones. Well, you have to keep, you have to keep being able to level up. You know, you, mm. you, you, you humans are fundamentally analog and the digital world will have speed and ability that we don't have. There's no point in being fearful of it. You just have to keep leveling up and figuring out how to use it. And I think chat's pretty fabulous. I use it, but I'm really judicious about how I use it. And you, you made an interesting comment. It's just sparked a thought for me. You know, if I go to chat and say, suggest some drinks for me, chat isn't going to give you the right answer. So if I use myself an example, if I went, hey, chat, suggest suggest, for, suggest some drinks for me. I'm 62 years old. I like red wine. Uh, you know, I, I like a, a nice, crisp, light beer. I like ginger beer. I also like milk-based drinks. I'm not big on, um, on pure alcohols like, you know, scotch and, uh, you know, rum and, and tequila and things like that. Um, I love sparkling water and soda water. Um, suggest a drink for me so I can give it a prompt, right? And, uh, you know, and right now I'm really thirsty. I'd like something that quenches my thirst. And chat's likely to say, how about a really crisp beer? <laughs> well, mm. if I have to write, if I have to effectively almost write the answer in the prompt, I should have just, I should have just made my own choice, right? So I think we've got a yes. we've got a risk that we will delegate decision making to chat when the human had the ability to make the decision. Like if I've got to give it enough information to give me an answer that I can live with, and in the prompt that I write, I'm almost effectively writing the answer or giving it as much information that I would have processed. Like if I laid that out, you would probably say to me, like, I don't need chat. You'd probably say, What about a really good beer, Simon? Um, single fin 
is a nice crisp beer that you'd probably like. I go, great, I'll use single fin, right? So I think we've got this whole learning curve we've got to go through with AI. Now, I, I, and I, 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 you know, chat, we've got to be careful about the label AI. There's a world of difference yes. between AI-driven technology that can automate a whole lot of things like um, production line applications of AI that, you know, can can build, um, you know, Nissan now can build any model of car on the production line one after the other, completely different models based on where the chassis is touching the the, the belt. It, it, it can assemble different models in any sequence based on orders. So it doesn't have to make all of the one model and then the next model. That's an entirely different use of AI compared to something like chat GPT. So we've even got to be careful about the term AI because it's a very broad application. But if we think about something like chat, I think we've got to be, you know, we've really got to acknowledge we're in the learning phase and we've got to be, Mm. we've got to make sure that we don't just go to chat and lose the ability for discernment and judgment and decision making and, and creative and lateral thinking and because it's easy for that to happen. You know, what happened to people's abilities with the times tables once everyone had a calculator on their phone? You know? Yes. It's it's really I think this this space is uh, one of the dangers that I've seen is that what's happened is is people are creating new jobs in their in their company. Yeah. So they've gone from whatever the job was to now creating a job that's running the chat the, the chat bot. And the problem is is those people that are running the chat are doing it to be general, and then and so they're not got any specificity, and they're also now removing themselves from day to day human contact in that in that sense of that role. So now you've got these people trying to be general away from what the reality is. There's a real danger that the job that's been created to make this thing work and manage it on a day-to-day basis is actually removing you from from where you need to be. It's a false sense of saving. And I think there's a a lot of that. I mean, you and I have interacted on LinkedIn. Mm. And one of the interesting things about that is, and and LinkedIn is moving further into this space, is encouraging people more and more to use chat, um, you know, chat AIs to answer the comments. And and I've tested it. I've I've done a, I'm going to put up a an article that's been written by a chat. I've even done a a mock interview with a chat where Mm -hmm. I recorded recorded one video where I put myself in between asking the questions, but pre-programmed questions that I'd had this, you know, visual visual artificial intelligence answering. And and what was interesting was that that the comments, first of all, comments don't read videos. So that so if you're putting up a video, they're not they're not taking that into consideration. And you've got an article that's written by an AI. With comments by an AI, what purpose does that serve anybody? Yeah. It, it, it doesn't serve any purpose. Yeah, and I point. think that that's, um, it, it's kind of feeding into that whole idea of popularity for popularity's yeah. sake, and it's not even real. So I think there's a, there's a um, you know, it all goes back to where we started the conversation is you have to unlock the genius and you have to tap into that and you have to re- make that relatable to people because if you don't, What's the point? So, you know, you think about LinkedIn. Um, I'm very protective of my voice on LinkedIn. You know, I, people know 
that that thinking is not generated by AI. People know the mm. comments in LinkedIn. People know that I'm writing my emails that I send to my own list twice a week. In fact, people answer the emails and they go, does Simon write these emails? Because it really sounds like Simon. The answer is, yes, I write the emails, right? Because the market, if, if someone's investing the time to look at ideas I share, then they deserve to be able to know that it was me that shared the ideas. And when when we respond on LinkedIn, um, I, I want, uh, you know, I, I want the responses to, I place a lot of attention on, I want to pluck out one thing that's going to shift the paradigm in response to the comment that was made and then my response to it. I, just, I don't just want to add content. I, I, you know, I, I either want to challenge the comment or validate it based on this tiny little paradigm shift, which is often I'm looking for a throwaway quote that people are going to quote from that point on. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. um, you know, when you draw, you draw people in. You can't, you can't help confuse people with more complexity. You know, I'm looking for something that people are going to go, oh, jeepers, that's a that one thing, right? Chat's not uh, an AI response generator is not going to create that. It it just can't. Yeah. And I was I was on I was in a very small group call with Seth Godden, and someone asked him about AI, and he said, you know, AI like Chat GPT commoditizes mediocrity. In other words, if Love you're that. a copywriter and you're used, and you're predominantly relying on Chat now, you've just become a mediocre copywriter. If you're a you know if mm-hmm. if you're a consultant and you now you're predominantly relying on Chat, you've just become a mediocre consultant. If you're a contracts attorney and you predominantly use chat to write all your contracts, you'd become a mediocre contracts attorney unless you add contextual insight and wisdom on top of what chat's done for you. So I think I love that idea that you raised about if the art, if the post was generated by chat and the comments being made on it were done by chat, what service is it to humanity, right? Now, mm. absolutely none other than ego based on um, you know, popularity of the post, which I suppose has marketing value, unless, of course, everyone recognises that it's just an e- exchange between, you know, AI bots. So, yeah. I, but but having said all of that, this sounds like a beat up on AI, far from it. I think it's a fabulous tool. We have to be clever mm. about what we do with it and we can't afford to lose the human dimension to it uh, that that is where the real value is going to add. We have to keep leveling up. We've got to keep, you know, we've got to keep pushing for the next level. And uh, you know, not everyone wants to push for the next level of their own. If, I was having a conversation with somebody who said, I, "I help CEOs of large companies, particularly tech companies, to evolve personally, because you know, if if you want the company to double in value, you have to double in growth, personal growth as the CEO." Um, that's super interesting. So does that mean as their coach, you have to double in your own personal growth in order for you to be able to help them double in their personal growth to help the company? And he went, oh, wow, that's a kind of a wild thought. I hadn't thought, well, yeah, I mean, if that's what you're selling, that's the game, right? AI is not going to give that to you, you know? It's 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 kind of interesting. So, well, I mean, I've, I, I've 
I found that, you know, for example, in, in helping people put together podcast series and we're looking for for topics for them to discuss. So in, in terms of doing that and saying, okay, what are some popular sure. topics that, that people are asking questions about? And then the guest that's being interviewed on the on the program, or in this case, it's their it's their podcast series. So I'm interviewing them as for their own series. Where we are talking about topics that we know are popular that they're providing their own spin on. You know, much like we've just been discussing chat and, and AI. This is Simon's spin on on that, mm. um, and that's where you get that authenticity and your take on it and that ability to understand your audience as well because I think that's one of the other critical things that we talked about before that to being able to direct things at a specific audience because you know your audience that you're trying to target um, you know that is a uh, an area where you can draw those experiences in and make them relatable. And, and people often forget those fundamentals Absolutely. that, you know, giving examples of, you know, if you were to have given me an example of, oh, oh I was working with a sole trader is very different to I was working with a, with a large corporate. And giving it those contexts and knowing who the audience is, if if you're audi- if if you're talking to a whole room full of corporates and giving the example about the sole trader is a bit pointless. And so... That kind of level of stuff, um, I think there's a there's a great uh, cross section between the what the two of us are uh, yeah. are talking about, and I love the fact that we've been on the on the same page here. And I think we could probably talk for about another Which couple of hours about could, all of this. But there's so it would much make to a very cover. long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it would make make a super long super long podcast. So just before we wrap up, let me ask you. Uh, there's a question that I I try and ask most of sure. my guests. And uh, I'd love to hear your response to it. What is the um, aha moment that clients have when working with you that you wish people knew in advance that they were going to have? Um, it's, it, 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 there's, there's a moment that occurs every single time when the first iteration of their genius model pops out and all of the intuitive genius that they've had for 25 years or 30 years or whatever has just appeared in front of them on a page in a model that they could talk through in seven minutes or less. And, and, and there's this moment often where people, if it's on Zoom, they sit back, they throw their pen on the table and they go, I've been trying to explain that for 25 years. And you just, you've just pinned it in a model. And I go, well, that's what models do. That's what models do. And that's mm-hmm. what we built the genius model to do. That to me is the moment that you can't really express to people through marketing and things like that. This moment where people see the the the, the coalescence of their life's work actually come together in this single framework that is so simple everyone will get it and understand the power of it. It's that moment where they lean back, they throw their pen on the table in exasperation. How come I couldn't build that model? It's partly because I'm not them. I'm outside of them looking in and I can see it differently and we use models you know the models do the heavy lifting uh, that require a level of thinking that language only and facilitation through words only uh, will never get you to you know so it's that it's that moment where people see the entire value of their life work come into a single model yeah I love that. And uh, it's inspired me to go and pick up some of the models that I've been working on in different spaces and gone, oh, now I can combine them into yeah, one absolutely. thing. So there's a there's a 
there's a there's a genius there simon thank you so much for an incredible discussion um i i really appreciate it and we're of course going to share lots of uh notes on how to get in touch with you oh. and uh, of course how to follow you on linkedin and other and other places as well so thank you so much for being so generous with your time absolute pleasure all right Thanks very much. And, uh, you know, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation about AI. It's something we're always talking about. So uh, it was great to actually get your perspective. You've given me some more thoughts about that too, Anthony. So thank you so much as well. BizBytes is brought to you by Com Together for all your marketing needs so you can build your brand, engage audiences on multiple platforms. Go to comtogether.com.au, follow the links, to book an appointment for a free consultation.